Hello, my name is Conrad Kinch and this is Send 3 and 4 pence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law as we shamble hopefully towards eternity. Hello and welcome to Send 3 and 4 pence. and this episode will be about Vivandier, Cantiniers and why I hate Lady Macbeth. Now, if uh, you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I've probably mentioned that I'm a war gamer, and uh, my particular int- one of my particular interests in wargaming is uh, the Napoleonic period, and I've uh, collected uh, extensive armies of toy soldiers for uh, the various uh, combatants in the Napoleonic Wars, uh, for the British, uh, the French, the Austrians, uh, the Russians, and so on. But I have a real soft spot for Vivandier. Uh, and there was a period when if I collected a regiment of French soldiers, um, I would add a Vivandier, I would paint one up uh, to go with, um, to go with my, my little battalion. And a friend of Mrs. Kinch's remarked uh, on this once, and she couched it in, in somewhat unkind terms when she asked, was it normal for the prostitutes to wear uniforms? Now, as it happens, it was not. Um, though no doubt uh, someone can probably produce an example from somewhere, and I suspect uh, Marsha Massena's uh, name will crop up in that conversation. But um, uh, more to the point, what is a vivandier and what is a cantinier? Um, vivandiers and cantinieres, which for our purposes, the terms are effectively interchangeable, were women who had a contract to supply spirits, shaving kit and other small necessities to the regiment to which they were attached. Now, this was something that existed in the French army. It, uh, it, wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't known outside the, 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 the French army. Um, but strictly speaking, the, the ladies didn't have this contract themselves. It was held by a sergeant or other NCO who was known as a cantinier. And it was basically a way of solving the problem of the fact that the logistics of 19th century armies weren't very good and it wasn't possible for the state to supply the, the you know, the, the sort of supplies that soldiers would need. And this was one way of sort of subcontracting it. So the cantinier's wife was known as the cantinier or the vivandier. She was definitely not a prostitute. She took uh, the job up because the cantinier would be too busy with his duties, you know, marching up and down and staring at terrifying recru- terrified recruits and saying things like, This is the brown bass musket. It is the preferred weapon of your enemy. And it makes a very distinctive sound when fired at you, mon brave. Uh, in you know, the eventual Napoleonic remake of Heartbreak Ridge, I can only presume a grizzled Jean Reno will uh, deliver that uh, line with a far more uh, convincing French accent than mine. Um, so, um, these women accompanied the troops. They sold uh, provisions and uh, liquor. Um, their they got official recognition, although they'd, they'd had a, a sort of a, a quasi-official existence before that. Um, but they were officially recognised in 1800. 
uh, when they were issued uh, what was called a patent de vivandier, um, and four were allowed for each battalion of infantry. That's about 600 to 800 men, and two per squadron of cavalry. That's anywhere between 80 and 150 troopers. Um, all were the wives of uh, serving privates or non-commissioned officers, and when they could, they would establish a canteen from which they would sell their wares, and the idea was is that they these people would have an interest in uh, getting supplies to the troops because they would make their living that way, um, and they would often have like a small cart or uh, a pony or something like that. After 1804, they were given uh, free treatment in military hospitals in time of war, and they would also carry a small keg as sort of a, a, a mark of office called a, a tonnelet, which was usually painted red, white, and blue, um, and this would obviously carry uh, spirits. Um, but these were... Uh, now, that that information is coming from the Encyclopedia of 19th Century Land Warfare by Byron Farwell, which is uh, an excellent book and well worth, uh, well worth looking at if you have the chance. Now, as it happens, cantoniers were rather better at surviving battles than their husbands. And as such, and uh, as well I suspect their access to a legitimate source of booze may have played a part, they were highly sought after as spouses. Nicolette de Vivandier in RF Delderfield's Seven Men of Gascony is uh, married several times throughout the, the novel and is unabashedly sentimental about the process. It's, it's effectively a business partnership in many ways. Um, and uh, Seven Men of Gascony, if you haven't read it, is an excellent novel. Um, I think it's about 50 years old at this stage, but um, it follows the, uh, the uh, I won't say exploits, the adventures of a group of French soldiers in the Grande Armée as they move from Portugal to Spain to Russia. And then the, the whole novel wraps up at Waterloo and... Uh, if you if you haven't read it, I recommend it unreservedly. Um, it's one of the few really good uh, English uh, language novels written from the uh, from the French perspective, uh, set during the Napoleonic period. Um, but that brings me to the the second point of this podcast. What do I have against Lady Macbeth? Nothing per se. I like Macbeth. It's not my favourite or the play I know best, but it is very, very good. However, and it is, uh, it is a point of perpetual irritation to me that I don't care for a lot of modern castings of Lady Macbeth, who is often this painfully young, screechy creature who uses the sleepwalking scene in particular to take her hysterics for a walk. And it's just so stupid because it misses one of the essential um, truths about soldiers' wives. And Macbeth is a soldier and ladies, Lady Macbeth is a woman who has followed the drum, who has, um, you know, endured privation and come out the other side. They're tough women, you know. The, these, these are not... Um, uh, you know, neurotic people. Uh, 
One of the important aspects of the Lady Macbeth character is that she is tough. She is um, a, a strong character and therefore her breakdown is shocking because it is, uh, it's unexpected. Um, but sort of letting it go in an explosion of cheap hysterics is, is just weak and I don't think it does uh, the character uh, any favours. Um, Izuzu Yamada's performance in Kurosawa's Throne of Blood is a notable exception to this uh, somewhat depressing rule and Dame Judi Dench in Trevor Nunn's 1976 production of Macbeth is suitably flinty but what makes those two performances stand out is while they do portray women in a state of mental breakdown they don't make a meal of it um which is a uh, a thing i've seen on multiple occasions in uh productions of the play that uh i've seen in the last 10 or 15 years and um to paraphrase the late great victoria wood you know you can't just you know, rub some blood, blood on your hands, run around in your underwear, scream a bit and go, don't mind me, I'm a loony. Um, now, uh, that is a reference to a, a, a rather excellent sketch um, by uh, Victoria Wood uh, called Taking Notes, uh, which Julie Walters uh, plays a, a, uh, a director in an, an amateur uh, dramatics troupe and uh, I cannot even remotely pretend to do it justice, so I will put a link in the show notes, and it's only four minutes long. It is p- pure brilliance from beginning to end, and you should absolutely watch it. But um, no one's made a film of Seven Men of Gascony, which is a pity, as it's very good, and with the exception of Brigadier Gerard, it's certainly the best fiction I've read uh, about the period from the French point of view. Uh, I fear, however, that if one was made today, poor old Nicolette would be hammered into the same tired, beautiful but deadly formula that seems to be the, the rule for heroines these days. Um, but I think the point about the portrayal of Lady Macbeth that annoys me so much is that it's so unfair. I mean, Sir, uh, Sir Terry Pratchett wrote about women like her in his uh, novel Guards, Guards. And um, I quote... Sybil's female forebears had valiantly backed up their husbands as distant embassies were besieged, had given birth on a camel or in the shade of a stricken elephant, had handed around the little gold chocolates while trolls were trying to break into the compound, or had merely stayed home and nursed uh, such bits of husbands and sons as made it back from endless little wars. The result was a species of woman who, when duty called, turned to solid steel. Now, Sir Terry was writing about a policeman's wife rather than a soldier's, uh, but... I see a lot of uh, Sybil in Mrs. Kinch sometimes. Um, But uh, just to wrap this up, um, I told this story on my blog a couple of years ago and a good friend of mine, Mike Peterson, uh, who is a now retired Canadian army chaplain, uh, agreed that uh, army wives were tough cookies indeed. But that the toughest uh, one that he'd ever encountered was uh, a lady who was in a a nursing home with a relative of his. She had been married to a uh, US Marine officer and um, 
had been in, I think, New York uh, when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And the day after uh, the attack, she loaded up her car, uh, Studebaker, uh, if memory serves, and uh, drove across the United States while heavily pregnant um, to get to Hawaii and, you know, by, by whatever means she needed to do, pausing only in the middle of the Great Western Desert to uh, stop off, give birth, uh, pop the baby on the passenger seat and then keep driving and, uh, you know, made it to Pearl Harbor in, in, in time to, uh, to get her man. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if that, uh, doesn't convince you that, uh, those women were made of stern stuff, I don't know what will. Anyway, uh, that's quite enough of that for the time being, and I will see you at the next one. have been listening to Send 3 and 4 Pence, a semi-regular podcast about gaming, books and the law. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share, like and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. And if you didn't like this podcast, please like, share and subscribe, and most importantly, tell your friends that you liked it. Thank you and goodbye.